tuned today for a surprising take on The Bucket List. Even though there will always be another trip I hope to take or another great book to read before I die, I want my last days to be spent serving others right up to the end, Lord willing. Welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I am so excited that you are joining us today. Today is episode 186, and Happy New Year! It's 2024. Yay! And if you have been listening to Unshaken for a while, you always know that we always do a series on a focused topic on the first Thursday of each month, and this year, 2024, is no different. In the past, we focused on specific directions for women in our feminology series. We talked about how women are called to be soft, strong, and industrious, and how all women are made in the image of God. We discussed how women and men are equal in their view from God, but their roles and jobs in life look different. These were episodes we did in 2022, and then last year in 2023, we focused on one particular direction, and that was on emotions. Somehow women have emotions. These also were in our Feminology series, and we discussed and focused on each of these once a month. So the first Thursday of each month, we talked about different emotions and how we can live each of those out for God's glory. We talked about love and regret, anger and anxiety, and so much more. If you weren't able to catch those episodes, you can always go back to our archives and listen to any of those episodes. I will also make a side comment that sometimes even I re-listen to something like an episode from the past, and I'm always encouraged and challenged again. So even if you listen to them already, but maybe you're struggling with one of those emotions or something related to one of those episodes, go back and find that episode on that topic and listen again. All right, today is our first of our new series that we're starting. This series is called Everyday Theology. So let's do a few definitions first. From Webster's 1828 Dictionary, everyday is defined as used or being everyday or common, like a usual thing. And then theology is divinity, also the science of God and divine things, or the science which teaches the existence, character, and attributes of God, His laws and government, the doctrines we're to believe, and the duties we are to practice. And I love that part, the doctrines we are to believe and the duties we are to practice, because that's actually our everyday theology. These monthly episodes called Everyday Theology are here to teach women, you and I, because I'm in it with you, that knowing God and His Word is vital, applicable, and relevant to our lives every single day. And we are called to obey God's Word daily. These episodes include practical examples of the what, the when, the how, and the why of following, obeying, and living out God's Word, and knowing God more through His Word in each of our everydays. So... Today, we start our Everyday Theology series with episodes that drop the first Thursday of each month. And to kick this off, I am so excited to have my friend Cindy Scaff join me for this very first episode. Welcome, Cindy. Hi, Julie. Well, first of all, Happy New Year. Yes, It's really nice to be here with you today. Um, So, Cindy, tell us right off the bat a little bit about yourself. Like, who do you live with and what do you do all day? So I live with a tiny little teacup multi-poo named Finn. Who is adorable. And, and yeah, he loves the Van Warmer family. <laughs> um, 
I work as a school improvement consultant on the state support team for the Ohio Department of Education and Workforce. So you're helping who? I work with um, principals, superintendents, teacher leaders in nice. schools that are um, looking to improve. Okay, I love that. So you're you're a um, great encouragement, I'm sure, to them, I helping so. them. Yeah. Okay, one more question because we are all living here. The podcast is produced here in Northwest Ohio, and since it is January, and we're jumping into January, February, and March, it's so dreary. So I'm wondering, how do you, Cindy, keep from falling into the winter blues? What are some practical things you do to keep motivated and joyful every day? I need them. You know, it's funny. I don't get the winter blues. I'm I'm blessed in oh. that way. I actually like the change of seasons and watching the snowfall. Um, I was a teacher for many years, and those winter months were always the most productive when I saw the greatest growth mm. in my students. So professionally, I really looked forward to that time of year. It's a cozy time. It's a time yep. for good books and gathering friends and that sort of thing. I actually, though, tend to get the blues in the fall. Oh. So it's a different time of year, and it's I think it has to do with the days getting shorter. Yeah. But I've found that the best way um, to stay joyful when I'm feeling a bit melancholy is to first of all listen to praise music because mm. it's hard to be blue when you're listening to praise music. Yeah. And I make plans with friends or with family because fellowship is always a way to cheer me, yeah. cheer so, myself up and yeah. give some, have something to look forward to. Yeah, that's a great idea. I like the, the fact that you make plans because mm-hmm. they don't just happen. Mm-hmm. You actually have to put them on your calendar and organize your week so that you can make that happen. And that's half the fun. Yeah. Yeah, getting together. Yeah. And I'm a party girl. Mm-hmm. And I know you're a party girl. So <laughs> we, we need to get together and do some parties here, Cindy. So. We should. Um, okay, Cindy, since it's the beginning of a brand new year, tell us how you kick off each new year. Do you do the whole New Year's resolution thing? And if so, what are some resolutions that you might have for this upcoming year? And actually, since I'm thinking about it, are resolutions even biblical? Like, what does the Bible even say about them? And if you don't make resolutions, I can't even say the word. If you don't make resolutions, what goals or plans do you have for this upcoming year? Okay, that's a loaded set of questions. So let me, let, me, let me break it apart here. Um, first, let me focus on the New Year's resolution, um, the question of whether they are biblical okay. or not. So I think it depends on your intent. Um, Sometimes the intent of New Year's resolutions is self-improvement or self-gratification. Lose weight, start an exercise regimen, read a certain number of books this year, save more money. There's nothing wrong with making a commitment to those activities. And if they are fighting sin, if you are fighting sin by doing so, it's biblical. Mm. But if the intent is self-serving, it might not be. Mm. So we probably need to... Yeah. Do a little heart check. Yeah, I think resolutions are biblical if the intent is to pursue holiness Mm. or to obey God in a way you may have fallen short in the past. Yet, if that is the case, it begs the question, why wait till January to get started? (laughs) Good idea. (laughs) Scripture tells us we're to renew our commitment to holiness daily, not just at New Year's time. Oh, yeah. And I I will say this personally, I, I don't think my resolutions last very long when I've made them. So I like this idea that it should be something we're working on all the time. Right. Not just starting January 1st. What if somebody feels compelled, though, to make a New Year's resolution? Like, everybody around them is making them, Uh you know, what should they do? So it might be a good idea to select scripture that draws us to obedience. Um, I always think about Philippians 3, 12 to 14. It's a good one. It says, 
Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Hmm. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Hmm. Just think about it. What would 2024 be like if everyone made a New Year's resolution to press on to lay hold of Jesus. Yes. And I just have to say that Philippians, the book, is one of my very favorites. Mm-hmm. And if there was a resolution, everyone should read that this year. I How think about so. that? <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah. So to answer your first question, I really don't make New Year's resolutions, but I always have things I plan, plan or want to accomplish. I usually start the year with a Bible reading plan. Hmm. Um, This year, I want to read through the Bible chronologically. I've tried to do that in the past, but I got off track a few months in. So I'm going to try it again this year and hopefully stay the course this time. Love it. I did that last year, read through chronologically, and it's kind of interesting where the books fall. Mm -hmm. This year, I'm not doing that. I'm going to read through the Bible, but I'm just going to read a little bit out of Psalms, Proverbs, and the Old Testament, New Testament every day. That's a good plan. A different plan, mm -hmm. but yeah. So I have other goals, too. Um, I have books I want to read, people I want to invite over for dinner, drawers and closets I want to organize. You get the idea. But do you remember a movie that came out about 15 years ago called The Bucket List? I think so. It was a comedy about some older guys that made a list of things that they wanted to do before they died or kicked the bucket. Oh, yes. Hence the name Bucket List. It was funny, and it started entertaining conversations about um, what was on everyone's bucket list. So I'm a list maker. Mm, Me too. (laughs) And so I started my own bucket list, places I wanted to travel, hobbies I want to learn, experiences I want to have. And that is what I want to talk about today. Okay. So Cindy, what is actually on your bucket list? So travel's always been a major part of my list. Um, I always wanted to go to Greece and I got to do that recently. And now I have other places I want to visit like Scotland or the fjords of Norway. It's fun to talk about and learn about new places to visit. And I also like experiences, like learning new hobbies. I wanted to learn how to decorate cutout cookies using royal Mm. icing. And a friend taught me to do that recently. But some things stay on my list, even though they're probably never going to happen. Mm. For example, ever since I watched the movie Dead Poets Society about 30 years ago, I wanted to join a rowing team. (laughs) Okay. And at this point in my life, it's probably highly unlikely. And I've been trying to get through all 864 pages of Anna Karenina for decades. Oh, boy. Who knows? Maybe this year I will. Wow. What page are you on? Well, I start over every time. Okay, okay. You you lose it. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm on page two. Yes. Yeah. I I think I got, you know, maybe to page 200, but but have to restart. Um, The point is, I spent a lot of time, actually probably too much time, thinking about talking about and planning these self-serving, self-indulgent experiences. And I've done that for years. Hmm. Every so often in my Bible reading, I would stumble across James 4, 13 to 17 that says, um, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life for you... are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. 
As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and falls to, fails to do it, for him, it is sin. That passage would challenge me about all my frivolous pan, plans for a minute or two. Hmm. But then I would justify my bucket list by saying, life is short and who knows how many days left I have. There's nothing wrong with having these adventures. It's actually a blessing to be able to do them. Hmm. Then one day... Recently, I was reading a very familiar passage that I have read every year, I'm sure, if not more than once a year. It's John 13, 1 through 5, and it's during the, the Holy Week right before the crucifixion, crucifixion of Christ. It says, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world— He loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet." drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Julie, I have read that passage dozens of times, but this time I was gobsmacked. It's the day before Jesus knows he's going to die, and he washed feet. Hmm. Wow. He washed feet. He didn't say, tomorrow's going to be pretty rough. I really want one more of mom's home-cooked meals, or I'd like to spend some time taking a stroll by the Jordan River because I'm going to be hanging on a cross tomorrow. He Hmm. washed feet. Hmm. Wow. The passage goes on to say, beginning in verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Hmm. So I had to question myself. If I knew the date of my death, what would I want to do between now and then? Would I take a trip to one of the places on my bucket list? Would I gather family and closest friends for a time of fellowship? Would I request a certain final meal? Would I spend time in prayer and worship? The truth is, I would probably do all those things. But would I make it a priority to be like Jesus and spend my last days serving others in such a humble way? I have to be honest, until this recent reading of John 13, it probably would not have crossed my mind. Have you ever had a passage that all of a sudden just changes how you (laughs) think about things? Yes. That's what this passage did, did for me. So I started thinking and praying about how I can best serve others. Even more specifically, I reflected on my mindset when it comes to serving others. I have always been pretty neighborly and try to be there when people need help. I like to invite people over and encourage them when they are struggling, and I try to be generous with what God has given me. But I needed to do a heart check. I started asking myself if I was serving others for the approval of man or in obedience to God. Hmm. How can I serve others with a humble heart rather than a prideful heart? And how can I let my light shine so that others may see my work and glorify Father in he- the Father in heaven? Hmm. For those starters... Are good, those are good, good questions. Mm-hmm. 
So for starters, I had to rewrite my bucket list mm. so that it reflects Christ's example on his last day of, light, of life. The number one item on my list is now to serve others with a humble heart every day. None of us knows how many days we have left on earth, so each day should be lived, lived as if it's our last. That means having a heart check every day and making sure my desire is to obey God rather than plan for my own self-indulgent desires. Serving it will always come easily to me. The humble heart part is more of a challenge. So I asked the women in my Bible study to pray for me to serve others in obedience to God rather than for approval of man. I can feel myself changing in that regard. I'm becoming more patient, more selfless, and ultimately much happier when I am in a situations I don't particularly enjoy. I actually want to share a story of two Thanksgivings. Ooh. Okay, good. So one Thanksgiving, some years ago, I had 45 people over for dinner. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was a good idea at the time. <laughs> Lesson learned. Yeah. Right. It was family, a few friends, and a few people I didn't even know but had heard were going to be alone for the mm -hmm. holiday. So I enjoyed setting the tables and preparing the meal, greeting guests as they arrived, and praying together before we ate. But then my attitude became a bit surly when the first guests to go through the buffet line had finished eating and were bringing me their dirty dishes before all the guests had even gone through the buffet line to fill their plates. Oh. I never sat down to eat that Thanksgiving day until after midnight when everyone had left. I had served others all day, but my joy had turned to mm. bitterness. Mm. The next year... A young mom in our church was battling a very serious health issue, and several ladies each took a day of the month, every month, to fast and pray for her. My day of fasting and praying happened to fall on Thanksgiving. Hmm. I was still hosting a couple dozen people, but I knew I would serve them while fasting and praying for my friend. As I stood doing dishes, I remember praying for her healing while giving thanks for all the people who were gathered at my table, for the food they were enjoying, for the home God provided, and the means to make it all happen. It turned out to be the best Thanksgiving I can recall. Mm, wow. My entire mindset was different. Just the joy of humbly serving others with no expectation for myself. Mm. It was a bit like washing feet. That's a great example. So for most women with husbands and children, humble service is your way of life. Keeping a home, raising children to fear the Lord and be productive adults— all the qualities we see in Proverbs 31, these are all acts of service and obedience to God. Even mundane tasks, like every time you take the baby with the dirty diaper from your, the arms of your husband so that he doesn't have to do the changing, if it's done with a happy heart, well, that is washing feet. Hmm. But for women like me who are unmarried and don't have children, or women whose children are grown and raised, the opportunity to serve others may not be found in our homes. So we have to be a bit more intentional. A big part of my day is spent at work, so I feel compelled to think about what sort of metaphorical foot washing I can do there. Hmm. Yeah. I've been amazed to see how God opens up opportunities for me when I ask for them. I have a colleague who's a really good presenter, but not very good at putting PowerPoint presentations together, and that happens to come pretty easily to me. He's so grateful when I offer to create his presentations for him. That may seem like a trivial thing, but he does a lot of professional development, and preparing the slides was always a stressor for him. He's now free to do what he does best, and I'm adding value to the team. Mm, nice. 
Even more significantly, I recently began working with rural schools and districts in my work. Um, School leaders in these rural districts are more open about their faith, and this has opened doors for me. Mm. School leadership is rewarding, but it is also demanding and can really suck the life out Mm. of you at times. Because they've shared their faith, I am now able to encourage and support these leaders with a faith-based approach, and I can take as much time as they need to, for, to listen and share a good word, allowing me to serve them in a way I could not have done if I was still working in an urban district. Mm. Another way to serve with a humble heart is to love other people's children, build relationships with younger women, and be there for them. It has been one of my greatest joys to develop relationships with younger people at church and in my neighborhood, pray for them and with them, challenge them in their spiritual growth, love them unconditionally, help them navigate the tough decisions of young adulthood in a non-threatening way. In doing so, you serve the younger person and their parents at the same time. Mm -hmm. There was a young woman I used to spend time with. Our conversation led me to believe that she was sort of flirting with sin a little bit. Even though I wanted to tell her mother, who was a friend of mine, I didn't because I didn't want to lose the trust of the younger Mm -hmm. woman. Instead, I challenged her and checked in with her often. These were hard conversations that I didn't particularly enjoy, but I served her and her parents as I encouraged her to obey God in a way that perhaps her parents were unaware was needed. Hmm. Wow. I've been thinking about how to provide humble service to other women. I had an acquaintance several years ago who was going through treatment for breast cancer. Although I didn't know her very well, I reached out to encourage her because... I had also battled cancer, and I knew what she was going through. She had several children, and between managing her household and cancer treatments, she confessed life was taking its toll on her marriage. I encouraged her and her husband to go away for several days to reconnect and offered to stay with her children. I didn't know this family very well, but she took me up on it, and she was able to get away with her husband for a time of refreshment. Mm. Recalling this makes me think of the missed opportunities I have had to support young mothers when they are exhausted or just need a day to get rejuvenated. Offering to do childcare so they can take a nap or go grocery shopping without a cart full of children just might be washing feet for that young mom. It's fairly easy to serve others by making a meal and dropping it off after they have a baby. But the real service, the feet washing service, comes when we sacrifice our free time to lighten someone else's load. Hmm. There are lots of people to serve in the church and in our neighborhoods, elderly folks, families, young adults just getting started in life. They're all worth knowing and serving. Sometimes just being a good listener is the greatest act of service. Other times we may need to sacrifice our treasure when people need financial support, and we must do so with a happy heart in obedience to God. Hmm. This is everyday theology. For me, everyday theology is a lot about how we want to be remembered. Now that my bucket list has been revised to focus on Christ's example, I hope I am remembered for serving others to the glory of God every single day. Even though there will always be another trip I hope to take or another great book to read before I die, I want my last days to be spent serving others right up to the end, Lord willing. Hmm. So Julie, my question to all your listeners are, first of all, what's on your bucket list? And how do you want to be remembered? How will you follow Christ's example to wash the feet of others right up to your last day? Think about it. Yeah, wow. This is really honestly quite inspiring as we kick off 2024. 
it's also extremely convicting as I sit here because how often I am serving people for my own glory. So that was really good. And I like this. Um, this could be a new tradition people start. This could be our new resolution is to look and think uh, on our bucket list, how can we serve God with our bucket list and how can we serve others? Yeah, that's really good. I also love so much that so often our lives are spent thinking about ourselves, right? They're spent spending time serving ourselves, watching out for ourselves. I really loved your practical examples of how you go about life or how someone could go about life washing others' feet. That was really good. And I love that you started with this little piece out of a scripture passage. And I think you used the word gobsmacked, which I think should be our word of the day. I think we should always be using that word. But really, the idea that you you read something, the Bible's alive all the time. You read something that you hadn't seen before. You know, it's so funny because who hasn't read that? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, a, a chapter that gets read. A lot. A lot. And, and But that all of a sudden it stopped. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and I'm starting to think about when my last days will be. I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if that's why it hit me like it did, but... All of a sudden, it just—I just thought, I am so selfish. Mm. And God was serving; Jesus was serving us right up to the last minute, serving his his people right up yep. to the last yep. minute. And and you know, even if you're older and frail and maybe not able yep. to physically serve, you can still talk to people. You can pray for them. Yeah. You can give them words of encouragement. Yeah. You know, there's always something you can do. Right. To wash the feet. To wash of the feet others. of others. Yeah. yeah. And I also wanted to add that I like this little piece of component that you threw in there about loving people's kids. I'm so very blessed as a mom when other people love my kids. When they invite them out for dinner or bring something and give it to them or 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 encourage them or or say the same things that I'm saying. I don't even know that that's happening. So you know, that's really cool. I think that's a, a big responsibility for those of us without children who spend time with other people's kids is that we have to not put our own agenda forward. Mm. It has to be, um, our words need to be biblically based mm. and in support of what we know their parents want yeah. for them. Yeah. We shouldn't be throwing... That's a whole other topic. Yes, which it is. Might talk another about, but, another podcast yes. episode. But, but that, yeah, that's a that's a big responsibility. Yeah. I I always think about. Um, I'm usually friends with the parents of the kids that yeah. I spend time with, and I and I just want to be a reinforcement for yes. what the parents want for their kids. Yes, and that's a great blessing to the the parents for sure. Um, Cindy, that was really helpful. Thank you so much for sharing and really motivating us to make our bucket list glorify God in 2024. Would you pray for us? I I sure will. Heavenly Father and Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for your obedience to God the Father, for your humble service and sacrifice for us, and for your example of how to love and serve others. Thank you for washing the feet of your disciples the day before you hung on the cross. Lord, give us the desire to serve others with a happy, humble heart every single day of our lives. Open our eyes to opportunities to wash feet. Help us to make serving others a top priority and give us the strength to do it until our last days on earth. In your name alone we pray. Amen. Amen. And it's time for this episode's Tiny Tidbit. A tiny tidbit is a small, tiny piece of information that can help you in a really big way. 
Today's tiny tidbit is brought to you from Wendy Folk. Wendy, so glad you're here with us. Hi, Julie. What is uh, the tiny tidbit for today? What do you have for us? All right. Well, Julie, you know, we read in the Psalms that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Well, this means that the Bible illuminates our daily walk. Mm. God uses his word to guide us. Have you ever been blindfolded, Julie? Yes. I don't like it. <laughs> it's a little disconcerting, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you yeah. feel vulnerable and and kind of lost, yeah. right? But then there's that person that comes up and, you know, they come alongside you. They're holding right. you. Maybe they're getting you ready to go into that surprise birthday party right. or something. But anyways, they're guiding you, right? Right. And they're taking you to wherever you're going. And in their guidance and they're holding us, there's comfort. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, but if we're honest about it, if that if we're in that kind of a situation, it's a little bit of a blow to our pride because we know we're dependent on that person that's to right. lead us around, right? Yeah. I think that's why a lot of us don't like to be blindfolded. Right. No, I don't. <laughs> right. So I was thinking as we begin 2024, I wanted to share with the listeners of this podcast that the Women's Ministry of Christ the Word has chosen a verse from the mm. Bible to guide us. I love that. Yeah, and this is going to be a verse that's going to guide us in an overarching way. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not local, or if you attend church somewhere else, we still invite you, and, and in fact, mm-hmm. we especially invite you to join us here at our church as we think on the truths of this verse and mm-hmm. live those truths out in our lives. So what is the verse that we have chosen to guide us this year? It's Colossians 3.16. Let me share it with you. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another mm. with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Mm. There's a lot in there. Yes, there is. So throughout uh, 2024, the plan is, is that we're going to share more about this verse Mm -hmm. uh, each quarter. Okay. So I'll come back if you'll have me. Yes, I'd love to have (laughs) you back. And I'll just share a little bit more each time about our guiding verse. Nice. Um, Also, it's not just going to be here on our podcast, but it's going to be on our blog called Mm. Planted. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be on our social media. Nice. And that is found at Facebook and right. Instagram at Women of the Word CTW. CTW. <laughs> yeah. Well, but in the meantime, I have I have a request of our listeners. Okay. Will you meditate on the first mm. phrase of this verse with me? Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Mm. I read somewhere that the word of Christ, that phrase. That's the only time that we hear that phrase, the hmm. word of Christ in the in the New Testament. So let me ask you, what would that look like to have Christ's word hmm. dwell richly within you? Hmm. What would need to change in your life to make that happen? Hmm. So, and then of course, this verse in and of itself isn't a, it's not like it's in a bubble, right? right. It's, right. it's something where I might encourage you too, mm-hmm. to just back up a little bit and read the verses that come before this one yeah. in Colossians chapter three. And that will give us some context um, so that we can have some answers to what it yes. means to, to say the word of Christ right. and how that might dwell richly within mm-hmm. us. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I love this verse. Yeah. I love this whole idea. And a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, God's word isn't limited to a certain age. Right. Right. So this is perfect for any of our listeners who are younger, in the middle, on the older end. It doesn't matter. Everybody Everybody can be. This book, this verse is applicable to them. 
And I also think this, you know, you talked about dwelling, letting, you know, the word of Christ dwelling richly in our hearts. Well, it probably includes memorizing it. This would be a great verse to memorize this year. And what a great reminder when we're going through any kind of a, well, when we're just going through life. It doesn't have to be a challenge. It can be anything that we need to do this in some really good practical application. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about it. And I, I, again, I invite you to join our women's ministry this year as the Word of Christ guides us each day. Absolutely. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks, Julie. And it's time for this episode's Tiny Tidbit. A tiny tidbit is just a small, tiny piece of information that can help you in a really big way. Today's Tiny Tidbit is brought to you from me, Julie Van Warmer. I'm sharing the Tiny Tidbit today. Well, one of them. Today's Tiny Tidbit is more of a New Year's challenge than a tidbit. So about 15 years ago, I decided to commit to read the Bible every day. And I mean every day. Now, I had read the Bible before, since I was about in fourth grade, but I had not made a commitment like this. I always had an excuse. I slept in, or I was too busy, I ran out of time. So I might read the Bible two to four times a week, but never every day. So I wanted to commit to reading every day, not just Mondays and Fridays or where I could fit it in, but every day. Now I have missed a few days over the past 16 years, I will be honest like when I was sick or when I had a baby or occasionally on vacation. But I always looked for ways to kind of get caught up and keep reading. And I'd always start back over the next time. And probably I'm on my eighth or ninth time reading through the Bible in a year. I just finished another year of reading through the Bible. And that's a really great plan. So I want to challenge you to make Bible reading a vital part of your life. So Number one, if you don't read the Bible consistently yet, commit to reading it every day. Here's a couple things that might help. Read one chapter. Read it straight. Devotionals are great, but they're not the same as just reading the Bible. Pick a book that's easier to read, like Luke or John, or a short book like Colossians or Philippians. And by the way, Philippians is one of my favorite books of the Bible. Use some simple triggers or reminders. So for example, Set a reminder on your phone at a set time each day. Ask a friend to keep you accountable and check in with them daily. Use a checklist on your fridge or somewhere obvious in your house or use a Bible reading plan on the app such as YouVersion app or another Bible reading plan app. If you already read every day, well, first, good for you. Now I want to challenge you. So challenge yourself to read through the Bible in an entire year. I know this seems crazy, but honestly, it's just three chapters a day, which usually takes me less than 15 minutes on average. So use those same kinds of triggers, you know, some of the ones I mentioned before, like use your phone's reminders, a check-in with a friend, or a note in an obvious place. And I like to pick a new plan each year. One year, I read through the Bible chronologically, and another year, I took a Bible plan that divided each month into two or three books or some other plan that you might find. Now, also, maybe you, like me, are a diligent reader of the Bible, and maybe you've read through the Bible a few times. Well, challenge yourself in a new way. As you read the Bible, make a list of God's attributes displayed and the references and write them down in a notebook. I've been doing this this past year, and wow, it is amazing to see all the attributes of God as they come out in the Bible. 
You could use a little bit of your daily reading time to work on memorizing a passage. Um, You can go back to our episodes we've had in the past on memorizing to hear more about great ways to memorize and to make that be a part of your daily reading time. Depending on your life, choose a topic that might be applicable to you, such as joy or faithfulness, and make a list of times you see that topic come up in the Bible. So maybe you are struggling to be thankful. We've all been there. Then make a note in a journal of verses that call us, you and I both, to be thankful, or stories that display thankfulness. Or maybe you're struggling with joy. Well, you could do the same thing. There really are so many topics to choose from. This depends on where you are in life, but keeping a note in a journal with references is another great way to read through the Bible this year. And lastly, maybe read this year in a different version. I tend to read in ESV, which is English Standard Version, but maybe you want to try NASB or NKJV, which is New King James Version. I find that reading in a different version kind of can give me a little different perspective. Check in with your pastor on good versions to read. Hey, really, honestly, the best thing that I've actually ever done is read the Bible. From the time I was about fourth grade and up, It is truly like my daily bread. It's my nourishment, and I am so grateful that God has given us this wonderful tool to use in our lives every day. So ladies, go read your Bible. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Join us next week as we jump into a two-part series called Stand. We're going to hear how we can stand amidst the crazy culture we live in, the challenges we each personally have in life, and how we can honor God in all of these Join us for those episodes 187 and 188 in the next two weeks. Also, don't forget to like or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. You can find us at Women of the Word CTW. There is great content there every single day of the week. Also, you can find us on any of your favorite podcast directories. So go and subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, really anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're there. Uh, We drop a new episode each and every Thursday. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.